Well, good morning again, LC. How are we feeling so far? Everybody having a good, good morning? Uh, now, I've got to tell you that Christmas is officially here. Have you seen it? Have you been out and around in town? You drive around town, and you see people, they decorate their homes with all the lights and the reindeer and Santa Claus and the little waving snowman, right? And you see all these things and you realize that Christmas is here or you turn on the radio and you hear Christmas music and you realize, oh, Christmas is right around the corner. Christmas is here. Or if you're anything like us at the house, you've got some Christmas decorations. Anybody got Christmas decorations up? Now, if you're really like us, you've got the tree up because that's priority, right? But then you have boxes full of other Christmas decorations strewn among the house that still have yet to be unpacked. And so we've still in the process of Christmas decorating. We'll get it knocked out about December 24th and then take it all down two days later, right? And so in those boxes laying around our house contain Christmas spirit, right? Contain Christmas joy. And no matter how you decorate your home, whether it's with Santa Claus and Frosty or Jesus in the manger, no matter how you decorate your home, there's one word that's synonymous with Christmas, and that's the word joy. Everyone say joy. joy. And so I've got to tell you this, that joy is a lot more than a Christmas cliche. Joy isn't just a Christmas cliche. It's not just a word that gets thrown around this time of year, but joy is so much more than that. It's more than a word. Joy is something that we shouldn't just have around the month of December, but it's something that we should have in our lives and in our hearts all year long. You see, joy is more than a word that's just written on some wrapping paper. Right? It's more than a word that's knit into your grandma's ugly Christmas sweater. Right? It's more than something that your neighbor puts on big neon lights on their roof that blinks the word joy. It's more than that. It's something that we need to have in us and around us throughout our lives. But ironically, <clears throat> in this season, when we talk about joy and joys all around us, it's the very time of year that for many of us, joy seems farthest away. Right? Because we begin to think about heartache in our family, our financial pressures really kind of come to the surface because of all the other spending, all the other things that we want to do. Maybe some hurt from the past, it kind of rises up. And so this time that we see the word joy, just like in the video, we have all these different words of joy all around us and we hear about it in Christmas carols and songs and on grandma's sweater, right? We see the word joy everywhere. Sometimes joy is all around us, but it's not in us, right? And it can be hard. It can be hard sometimes in the holidays to hear about joy but not feel like it's in you. And in this series, we're going to talk about the power and the truth of joy. And joy doesn't come from Santa Claus. Joy doesn't come from Rudolph. And it definitely doesn't come from an elf on a shelf. Because that's kind of creepy anyways, right? Let's just be real about it, right? <laughs> joy doesn't come from those things. Joy comes from Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season, amen? But he's also the reason that we can have joy. In Jesus, we have our true joy. In Jesus, he provides salvation, and that's what gives us joy. And in the rest of this series, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Jesus and what he did when he came. It provides joy. But today, I want to take some time to define a little bit about what joy is. When we hear the word joy, we usually think about the feeling of happiness. Everyone say happiness. So when we hear joy, we think about a feeling. We think about how we can feel happy and how we can have happy things around us. But you see, there's a big difference between joy and happiness. Joy is deep. Joy is deep. It isn't shaken. It's something that's rooted inside of you. But happiness is on the outside. Happiness is shallow. Happiness, it's easy to be taken from us, right? Because the truth is that happy uh, is from a Latin word, hap. And hap means luck luck in circumstances. So we think that if everything is going in the right direction, if all of the ducks are in a row and everything in life is going the way that it should be, well then I'll be happy. 
So we try to base our joy in our feeling of happiness. But the problem is when you think that joy is happiness is when things aren't going the right direction, then you're what? You're unhappy. So if things are going in the right direction, you're happy, and then things are going in the wrong direction and you're unhappy, then your emotions are guiding your life instead of being rooted in the joy that Jesus already provided for us. So we want to take a little bit of time to talk about the power of joy. You see, happiness is based on what's happening. What's happening around you is the thing that determines your level of happiness. If good things are happening, then you're super happy. And as a kid, we used to sing a song that went like this. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. So we all know that song, right? And growing up throughout life, I've learned something. That happiness is only as long as two claps. We can fight and try and do all these things to try to obtain happiness. But two claps go by and the happiness, it kind of dissipates, doesn't it? You buy a new car and it's an old car. You buy a new iPhone and it's the old iPhone, right? You get something that you want in life, you obtain something, you reach a goal. Oh, I want to accomplish this. I want to save this much money. Oh, I want to get in this physical condition. I want to get to this point and then, and then something else is right around the corner. And in this season, uh, man, that is so evident to us. Have you ever bought your kid a Christmas present and they open the Christmas present and they're so happy and then you're grounding them an hour later because they're being disobedient, right? It doesn't make any sense. They're so happy and excited and tearing open the wrapping paper and then like an hour later, they're back to the regular child that you have to put in time out, right? It's crazy. It's because happiness is only momentary. Happiness is momentary, and it's affected by what's happening around us. But you see, joy is something deeper. There's a guy in the Bible named Solomon who was the wisest man who ever lived. And because of his wisdom, he was also the wealthiest man who's ever walked on the planet. And Solomon had something to say about happiness. He said, I've seen all the things that are done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless. They're like a chasing after the wind. You see, what we do is we chase after happiness. We chase to obtain all of these things, but in no time, the thing we found our happiness in, it dissipates. Solomon, he goes on and he says that the eye of man is never full. That means that once you get something, once you obtain some happiness, your eye isn't full. Your eye is hungry for more. You want something new. You want something better. You want something shinier and something greater. And so our eye is never full. So then you're chasing something else to make you happy. And our culture at Christmas time capitalizes on this concept. That was a great sentence. Our, 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 let me see if I can say it again. Our, at Christmas time, our culture capitalizes on this concept. Because what we do is we think about if we get all these things and we can buy enough stuff, then it's going to make me happy. I mean, you've seen the commercials, right? You've seen the commercials, it's Christmas morning and the couple wakes up and they're in white fluffy robes drinking coffee and then it's beautifully snowing outside and the husband brings the wife over and he opens the door and the wife walks out and in the driveway is a brand new shiny Lexus with a giant bow and the bow is worth more money than the car that my wife currently drives but I'm like this bow is amazing and our culture sells us that what we have to do to be happy is have all of these things, that it's all these things that make us happy. So we, we keep chasing, and so what we do is we say things like, well, when I get the job I want, then I'll be happy, right? When I, when I buy a home, then I'll be happy. When I save this much money, 
then I'll be happy. When I lose this much weight, then I'll be happy. When I finish my education, then I'll be happy. When I get married, then I'll be happy. When we finally can have kids, then I'll be happy. And we have all of these ideas that once we can accomplish something, that then we'll be happy. But happiness is momentary. But joy is deep. Joy is something in you that can't just be shaken. So what we have to do is stop chasing happiness and choose joy. We have to, you know, you can choose joy. It's a decision. Joy is a decision, not a destination. We think that it's a destination, that if I get all this stuff figured out, then I'll be happy. But we have to decide in our hearts to be happy. See, momentary happiness is not what uh, will give you an enjoyable life. Joy is. And I used to think to myself, someday when I'm married, then I'll be happy. When I get married and I say I do and I find a woman who will love me, then I'll be happy because all these things in my life that seem kind of chaotic, once I'm married, it will all come together. (laughs) And so let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Rachel and I are not happily married. Now, you may say, whoa, now stick with me. Hold on. We've been married 10 years and I love her. And we've had a lot of happy moments. We've had a lot of happy moments seasons. But can I tell you that we've also had a lot of hard moments? We've had a lot of heavy seasons. We've had a lot of difficult things that we've had to navigate through. So I'm not happily married, but I am joyfully married. Because I know that what God's given me, what I have in her is deeper than just the momentary, but it's something in me that creates joy. And so for us, we can't just pursue happiness all the time, but we have to be founded in joy. And if I can just tell you sometimes, y'all, Rachel Every once in a while, y'all, Rachel, she'll, I'll tell her, hey, babe, I'll say, hey, babe, I got I to gotta go get my passport. And she says, why? I said, because you're making me crazy right now. I got to get up out of here. You're making me crazy, right? And every once in a while, I'm sure that I drive her crazy. You know, like she asked me to do the dishes, and then I immediately do it, and it just drives her crazy that I do all this. But you see, sometimes in life, man, sometimes even in marriage, you can be happy in moments, but then there's other times that you're not happy. But you have to decide to be joyful. You have to decide to be content with what God's given you. And the truth is here, I'm a full-time employee. I work here at Living Church. And can I tell you that I'm not happily employed all the time. No, I love what God's called me to do. I love what I'm doing. In the last six years, I've seen God do amazing things. Our team has seen God do amazing things. I've felt the favor of God. I've seen him open doors that I've never seen him open before. So there's moments of happiness. There's also moments of heaviness. There's also times that you feel like you can't do it all. There's days that you work hard all day, and at the end of the day, your to-do list is longer than it started. Anybody else with me, right? And so we're not happily employed, but what we can do be, what we can be is joyfully employed. We can find our fulfillment not in our work, but we can find our fulfillment in who God is. You see, you don't find your enjoyment in your employment, but you find it in your purpose. And when you realize that your purpose is more than what you do nine to five, that it's in that that you can have joy that lasts beyond the situation. You see, in, in, the, season, uh, in the season when bad things happen, we may lose our happiness but not our joy. Because in life, stuff's going to happen. There's going to be heavy things. There's going to be negative things. There's going to be bad things that happen. Your car is going to break down. It happened to us this week, right? Your car is going to break down. That's going to happen. And when it does, it's okay for you to lose your happiness but not lose your joy. Are you with me? It's okay to lose your happiness. I'm not happy that my truck broke down. It doesn't make me happy. I'm not out there smiling and clapping my hands and all excited. But even though it makes me unhappy, I don't lose my joy because I know who my father is. 
You know, uh, when, when something in your house gets messed up, that's okay. It can take your happiness, but it can't steal your joy. If you lose your job, it can, you can lose your happiness, but not lose your joy. If you get sick, you get sick. You can lose your happiness in the moment, but you don't have to lose your joy, right? If your kid gets in trouble, you can lose your happiness, but not lose your joy. If you have financial problems, you can lose your happiness, but you don't have to lose your joy. This is because joy is not a destination, it's a decision. So we know the song, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, right? We know, we know the song. But as kids growing up, we sing another song, and it went like this. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Okay, you know that song. Now, if, you, if you're a real OG, you know the next verse, and it says, I got the peace and patience, love and understanding down in my, if I had a baseline, I could do something with that, right? And so that's how we did it in Flint anyway. So, so the joy, I got the joy of the Lord, and it's down in my heart. The joy of the Lord is based, it's founded down in my heart. Where is it? It's down in your heart. It's not on the surface. Happiness is on the surface. But the joy of the Lord is down in your heart. The Bible says this in Habakkuk chapter 3. It says, now I want you to listen to the first portion of the scripture about how everything is going bad. All kind of stuff is going bad in his life. He says, though the fig tree does not bud, so he don't have no fig newtons. And it says, and though there are no grapes on the vine, though there are no olive crops, although the, though the olive crops fail, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. You see, Jesus is the reason for the season. The reason that we can have joy is because our joy is found in God, our Savior. That he's already, has he forgiven you for your sins? He's forgiven me of my sins, and it's in that that we have a whole new level of joy. You see, the joy, we have to know that the reason joy is deep is because it's not tied to something external, but it's tied to something internal. And so when external things start going crazy, you can still be joyful in what God has for you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Now there's others, right? There's love, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. But one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. And so when you ask Jesus into your heart and you say, God, I want you to forgive me for my sins, the Bible says that you are cleansed from all unrighteousness, that you are made forgiven, that God writes your name in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. But you know the Bible in Galatians 5 also says something else happens? That when you ask Jesus in your heart, you are given joy. That joy is imparted into you, that you've already received it. David said this in Psalms 51. He said, God, restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. So David, again, is defining that our joy is received when we are saved. It's not external. Our joy is internal. And so we have to realize that you already have joy. If you walked in here feeling depressed this morning, but you're a Christian, you have joy. If you walked in here overwhelmed with the situations of life, but Jesus is your Savior, you have joy inside of you. We're going to talk about how to get it out. But many times what we do is we go through life swimming around in the shallow end of happiness. We put our little floaties on, and we go through life trying to be happy in the shallow end. And we think, if I can get that car or that house or save this much money or if I can do this, if I can lose that much weight or if I can go get my hair did, right, and get my nails done, right, if I can go get all those things done, then I'm going to be happy. Yeah. But then something happens. We look over and we see somebody else 
jumping off the diving board and swimming around in joy. And we know that what we have in happiness is a lot different than what they have. That's because what they have isn't just found on the external things. It's found in something deeper. It's found in the internal thing called joy. So we have to be intentional about what we're chasing after. The Bible says this in John 16, 22. It says, no one can take your joy from you. That's Jesus' words. It's red letters in my Bible. No one can take your joy from you. No situation, no doctor's report can take your joy. No bill collector calling you can take your joy. Nobody who said some hurtful words to you can take your joy. No report you got about your child can take your joy. So what that means is that people in life, people, situations, circumstances, can take your happiness. But we have to give away our joy. Somebody can come into my life and do something bad to me and take my happiness. And I don't, I, I don't well, I guess with uh, um, emotional control, I can decide that. But people can take your happiness in a moment. But you have to offer up, you have to give your joy because of where your joy is founded. This last uh, week or two ago, I went to the Parks Mall, which is just a bad idea in general around Christmas, right? So I went to the Parks Mall to pick up a gift for a friend. And I go in there, and I'm parked by the movie theater and Dick's Sporting's Goods. So I find a parking spot, and I'm driving around to find a good spot because God forbid I burn five calories by walking through the parking lot, right? <laughs> and so I, I see the best parking spot. It's right up by the front next to the curb under the tree, and I call that MOGP, Man of God Parking, right? And so I, this is about to be some Man of God Parking. And so I'm sitting there waiting, and the lady, she walks out, and she sees me, and she gives me, like, the wave, like, I see you, you know? So I'm like, jackpot, this is my spot. So she gets in her car, and she actually puts it in a reverse and doesn't, like, text for five minutes. Isn't that the worst, right? So she backs out, and when she backs out, she backs out in front of my truck so I can't pull in the spot. And then this sneaky little joker just comes around, and he jumps in in front of me, and he comes up the wrong way, and he takes my parking spot. Well, because where that lady is, I can't, like, smash my truck into him. And so I'm sitting there stuck with nothing to do. He puts it in a park, jumps out, and runs into the mall. He's like Santa going down the chimney, y'all. Like, I can't even catch this guy. He's in the mall. And I'm sitting in my truck so mad, I'm starting to fume. And I think, you know what? I got a diesel 4x4, and I got 30 feet of chain in the back. I'm about to yank this dude's Toyota out of my way. But then I remembered something. I remembered I'm a pastor of a church. (laughs) And I remembered I have an LC sticker on my truck, right? (laughs) But then I also remembered I had to come and talk to y'all about joy today. And what I realized, what I realized is this, is that normally when something in my life like that would happen, your happiness goes, but I many times would allow my joy to go with it. Because I would start to get frustrated, don't we? Something like that happens, you get frustrated. Now you walk into the mall mad. You mad talking to the person who works at the mall. You walk out mad. You get back in the car mad. You're driving on the freeway mad. You get home at five o'clock and you're mad and you're short with your wife, you're short with your kids because you've allowed something that was, happen, that was happenstance, that was a situation to steal not only your happiness, but you offered up your joy. So the question is, what are you giving your joy to? What in your life, what decisions have you been making, things are you doing that you are giving your joy away Two, what kind of things have been coming up that you're allowing to happen? Because can I tell you something that's not worth it? It's not worth giving your joy away because you can't find the remote control to the television. Right. Am I the only one, right? I'm like flipping couch cushions and the whole thing. It's not worth giving your joy away 
for that thing. It's not worth giving your joy away because the car is parked in the garage and the gas tank is on E. It's not worth giving your joy away. It's not worth giving your joy away because your husband uses your towel when he gets out of the shower. <laughs> Rachel, she'd be getting mad at me, y'all. She'd be getting mad. I use her towel. She'd be getting mad at me. And so what we have to do is realize that these things, they can take our happiness. They can cause a little bit of frustration. But we have to be careful to not let the things that take our happiness take our joy as well. We have to realize where our joy is found, and our joy is found in Jesus. You know, that guy who stole my parking spot, he already did me dirty. He already did me dirty, but I can't let him ruin the rest of my day. And I can't let him get into my mind and get into my heart. We have to take those things captive. You see, I've learned that mishandled unhappiness can bury your joy. Mishandled unhappiness can bury your joy. So when you accept Jesus in your heart, he fills you with joy, right? It's deep in you. So all of us, if you're a believer, you have joy in your heart. But mishandled unhappiness, negative situations, what they can do is they can bury, they can cover up your joy. And so somebody does you wrong and that thing can bury your joy. You get hurt and it can bury your joy. You get offended. Somebody does something wrong to you years ago. And that thing, it can come into your mind, it can come into your heart, it can come into your life, and it can bury your joy. You know, the Bible says to be aware of roots of bitterness because they grow up corrupting many people. And so we get bitterness in our heart and negativity and an offense, and now we have a negative attitude, and now we're angry, and now we're uh, secluded from people because we have a hard time connecting in relationships. And so all of these things, they cover up the joy that God's already put inside of you. So if you don't feel joyful, it's not that you don't have joy, it's that your joy has been covered up by undealt with unhappiness. I'm preaching better than y'all, let me know. That's some good stuff. You see, difficult things in life, they bury our joy. So our heart is that in this holiday season that you'll uncover, you'll dig out, you'll unearth the joy that God has for you. The joy that's already in you that you would dig it out. And you might say, well, trust me, you don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. You're up there preaching and smiling and talking about a guy in a parking lot, but something in my life happened a lot worse than me having a parking lot, parking spot stolen. I know. You know, you'd say, trust me, man, I was abandoned. I was forgotten about. I was talked down to. I was molested. I had people speak to me in certain ways that you couldn't understand. I was fired for a job and I didn't do anything wrong and I'd worked there for years. The Bible says that no man can steal your joy. No man. No situation. Now it can take your happiness and it can take, it can hurt in a moment and it can be really heavy and it can be something that you need to, to, to deal with and to fight through, but no man can take your joy. And that when we have our joy found in Jesus, it can help you get through those things in a much greater way. James chapter 1 verse uh, 2 verse James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. It says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the, test, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Do you understand that it says joy and trials in the same sentence? That you can have joy through your trials. But many times the trials are the things that take our joy. And we think that we have no reason to be joyful or we have no reason to be content in life because of what happens. See, that the happenings that steal your happiness are the very problems that will produce the testing of your faith that create the thing that you're really hoping to obtain, which is joy. Man, the, the trials, the heavy things, the hurtful things, the hard things. It's those things that when we fight through them and we still have our joy, that our perseverance is created. 
And can I tell you that perseverance gives you joy in itself? Because you know what you have. You know what God's given you. You're blessed and thankful for what you already have in life. But you have to persevere through the hard things. You see, in life, you're, not, you're always going to have problems. Throughout life, we're always going to have things that come up. We're always going to have things that go wrong. We're always going to have things that go hard. Jesus said, take heart. In this world, you will have trouble. But I have overcome the world. I have overcome any situation, any difficulty that you are experiencing, that you are going through. If I could have the band come this morning. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. It says, So, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine and it's being tested as fire and purified gold through your faith. Your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So, when your faith remains strong, though many trials, it will bring you much praise. It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. Here it is. And you rejoice with glorious, unexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. So you see, the salvations of our soul is the thing that brings our joy. And we can rejoice even though we're in a trial. So I want to challenge you through this holiday season, when bad things happen, rejoice. When heartache comes, rejoice. When you see your brother-in-law who be driving you crazy sometime, rejoice. Because you're, that doesn't matter. That's happenstance. That's the situation. That's something on the external. But on the internal is the fact that Jesus Christ has died for you, forgiven you of your sins. He's going to take you. He's preparing a place for you in heaven, and he has a calling on your life. So our joy is not found in the things around us. Our joy is found on the thing that is in us. You know, in a lot of superhero movies, you see this scene where the superhero looks like he's about to be beaten. He's about to be overwhelmed. And the superhero, he starts getting beat up and he's getting beat down. And all the guys are coming and they get him down on the ground. And he's just covered in bad guys. Have you seen this scene? And then what happens? And then the guy gets mad. And he gets serious. And he says, huh, I'm not staying down. I'm not going out like this. And in all these movies, the superhero, he bursts forth. He erupts. And all the bad guys, their bodies just go flying. I don't know why I didn't do that earlier. But, it be, but I don't know why. He, he didn't understand he had the power yet. And so what we have to do is when life has covered up our joy, and when we walk into church feeling like we're defeated and beaten and overwhelmed with the struggles and the trials of life, we have to realize that our power does not come from the external. Our power comes from something within. And when we feel like we're defeated and we feel like we're overwhelmed, we have to say, no, it's through the perseverance and through these trials that I will be true and tested and God will erupt out of me in power and then I will have my joy. So this morning before we go, I want us to stand. Would you guys stand with me? And we're going to sing a song together. Brandon led us earlier, and it says this. It says the plans, God's plans, are still to prosper us. God still has plans to prosper us. And that even though we face a fire and a flood, even though we have trials, even though we have difficult things that come our direction, God will still bring us through. And it says what the enemy means for evil, God means for our good. Right? That what the enemy means to destroy us, 
through the trials and the difficulties, God will come along and say, huh, out of those trials and difficulties, I'm going to give you a platform to stand on called your testimony. And it's through that testimony, I'm not only going to give you faith, but I'm going to help other people in your life. So Living Church, if you would, in this holiday season, though you may have not walked in with joy, we can walk out with joy. We've got to unearth it and uncover it and walk in a new freedom. Brandon, lead us. Father, this morning our prayer is that you would help us to choose joy. No matter what our circumstances are, no matter what's going on in life, no matter the difficulties and the heartache, that we would know and believe that the joy that we have is of the Lord. And that when we accepted you into our life, that Father, you've already given us the gift of joy. And Father, through this holiday season, don't let us live our life based on our feelings, based on our happenstance and what's happening around us. But let us remember that we can be founded in you. And Father, for people that walked in really heavy this morning, that walked in brokenhearted, God, I pray you would let them know that you love them. And like Pastor Clayton said in the prayer challenge, that God, you have a plan for them. That you have a plan for all of us, God, that before we were even knit together in our mother's womb, that you knew us. And that we can take joy in that. That even though it may feel like there's no hope, that God, in you, there's always hope. We thank you, God, for who you are. And we all said, amen. You know, if you're here this morning and you would say, Trustin, as you were talking about joy, you said that if you've accepted Jesus into your heart, then you would have joy. And maybe you haven't made that decision this morning. Maybe you're here on a Sunday and you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life. Can I tell you something? That you're the perfect place. The Bible says that when one person who doesn't know God accepts God into their life, that heaven throws a party, like crazy party. They go nuts because they're so excited about the decision that you made. And I was just like you once in a church far from God, in a place that I wasn't living right, I wasn't doing things that I should do, but I had to say, you know what, I don't want to go that direction, I want to turn my life away towards the Lord. Anybody else ever been there? You been there? Right. So if you're here, you're in good company. So Living Church, if you would, one more time, close your eyes and bow your heads. If that's you this morning, and you would say, you know what, I'm far from the Lord, but I want to turn my life around and give my life to Him. On the count of three, I just ask that you would simply raise your hand and look up at me. And when you do, we're going to pray a prayer. And that prayer is just going to be your heart to God's heart, saying, God, forgive me of my sins. If that's you, don't wait anymore. Raise it up. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. Yep, right over here. I see it. Anybody else want to join this one and say, you know what, today is my day. I don't want to wait. I want to give my heart to the Lord. Living Church, if you would pray with me, just repeat this prayer after me and join in this one. Just say, dear Lord, forgive me my sins. Come into my heart and make me new. God, from this day forward, I'm going to do my best to live for you. I love you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Can we give this one a hand this morning? It's so exciting.